Welcome to another episode of Consensus Unreality. This episode is presented in its entirety on patreon.com slash consensus unreality. For just $5 a month, you can access our full episode archive, tons of regular exclusive episodes, written content, and more. So check that out at patreon.com slash consensus unreality. Thanks for listening as always and have a happy and healthy new year. That's a heater. That's a um, sun simulator. Exactly. Sun dog. Sun Sun simulator. Check it out, my friends. Check it out. What is that? Check that out. Interesting. Check that out. Holy smokes. Where'd this come from? Check that out. stuff up there it looks like it come out of a mattress but it didn't and there is some kind of little insect things and back in there there's these things weird looking cloud like I've got a hole in it they want you to think that it's not some other stuff going on we don't know about of course but people you know you can tell people about them stories and they they think oh well it kind of it's not comprehensible you know like the time I saw two portals up there along and now you know these things are getting a little more active that I'm out here I don't what's that got to do with things Oh, that shattered souls, broken hearts. What is that? What is that? Is it really? Is it going in my house through my chimney? Oh my goodness! Anyway.
directly into the energy stream of harp and directly into all the harp installations on earth so that all the harp installations on earth would give healing and balance to all life on earth rather than harm any life on earth and we ask that this action be sustained until full perfection is restored and all life is ascended and free in jesus name we pray amen uh welcome uh, to another oh, recording sorry yeah good job pro <laughs> podcaster over here welcome <laughs> to another episode of consensus unreality we are joined here tonight by carmelo pampolonio um talking about apophenic realism um gonna be talking about a bunch of things um how you doing tonight I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, we're excited. Um, yeah. I think what sparked this, we've kind of known each other and been conversing about uh, sound and music things for a handful of years. And then, um, you know, I saw some project you were doing a few years ago that was uh, pooling and sending messages to the moon. Is that right? Through a radio yes. tower. Yeah. Um, yeah. and now you're writing about, uh, conspiracy culture. So I, th I thought it would be a great opportunity to, uh, discuss these things and, and everything else. So where should we start? Um, you want to talk about this, <laughs> this apophenic realism a bit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess, um, first of all, it's a shame that we didn't get the, the first little initial conversation recorded. We were talking about, um, hidden castles and Freemason tunnels and wolves, but maybe we can we'll loop back, back there. That. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Just a funny context of, of, for the listeners of us switching gears, but yeah. Um, apophenic realism. Um, that was, that was this project that I've been working on for, I, I want to say it started in the beginning, like right in January of this year, um, 2023. Um, I, I had just gotten home, from spending the winter in Finland and I had this um I'd had a number of like Russians with some some deeper online conspiracy theory communities um and basically I started this project where I kind of embedded myself really really deeply um within these like online epistemic subcultures uh, to a deeper degree than what I usually am. I've, I've always been one who's uh, been very interested and sympathetic to conspiracy theories, especially ones that have been kind of, um, they, they've had their genesis on the internet or have spread via the internet. I think that those, those are some really interesting ones and they, they kind of take a different turn and stylistic flavor than other conspiracy theories in the past and in pre-internet uh, time, if that makes sense. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, um, basically the specifics of this um, embedding myself into these communities was I wanted to specifically get into like the band community. So uh, people, content creators, documentary makers, um, video makers, theorists, if you will, uh, who have been banned or censored. And they've kind of had to navigate um, outside of like the more popular discourse and popular platforms and everything like that to continue their own research and their own, um, you know, 
media production spreading. Um, sometimes that takes the form of like community building. Sometimes it's like proselytizing and propaganda. Sometimes it's like speculative research and I don't care who's listening, if anyone. And I, I was just interested in all of that. Um, I, I, I had this sense um, right, right in the beginning I, I, I guess rather I, I should word of this. I've, I've known for a while that media plays such a central role in conspiracy theories and always has probably to, to my best guess is, is what it seems. Um, but, you know, specifically in the context of what, what I'm talking about here of like internet age conspiracy theories, media has such a central role to it. And as, as a art artist, a predominantly sound artist, I thought it would be a really interesting project to go into these communities and do this like blind media survey of like these conspiracy topographies across the different websites. Like um, Rockfin was a huge platform. Like what is it? Band videos. It's this huge network with, you know, Alex Jones and the bunch and, and yeah. all these uh, like some of them are very genuine and quite a few of them are grifters kind of like offshoots of info wars and everything like that. Right. And uh, following these, these links and cryptic messages of things that I would see in like YouTube comment sections and just going through making accounts and um, watching videos of, of these and kind of downloading content and then also having conversations like, following the trails to who's making these documentaries, who was pushed off of Instagram, who was pushed off of YouTube. Um, like, you know, you guys might remember like the, the documentary Zeitgeist or mm -hmm. Loose Change. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like we're all of that that generation. I was in middle school when those came out and they really affected me, yeah. <laughs> I guess, at the time. Um, so I was looking for people like that, like independent creators and and. Um, conspiracy theorists who were just weaving their narratives and everything and I got in touch with with a good number of popular ones um, like that my favorite person to talk to was Mark Sargent who's really famous in the flat earth community um, he's probably the most well-known flat earth theorist um, that that I can think of there's there's a really great documentary with him that you know it portrays him in a rather gen, uh, generous I guess light compared to some other stuff on on netflix called beyond the curve or behind the curve i can't remember mm, i think i saw it. that yeah mm -hmm. yeah i i enjoyed it i really like him and he was one of the, the most open and kind people so i i basically just wanted to reach out to all these content creators and say what specifically has gotten banned can i see it can you share it with me and i want to do a media survey and i instead of creating a sound composition based off of like aesthetic choices and like a, a compositional um, like hierarchy based on like taste or whatever. I just wanted to like follow the, the, the hyperlinks after hyperlink after hyperlink kind of one after another and let that unfold. But um, I, I quickly realized that the best way to do that, I think the most, the most interesting way was to um, acknowledge what is uh, largely considered to be the first conspiracy theory that like originated and spread through the internet, which was the the uh, chemtrail 
conspiracy theory starting in like 1996 super super early and that really like set acted as like the guidestone for how people would absorb and propagate and uh, how, how popular media platforms and public figures would in turn like react to um, or try to push back against some sort of conspiracy narrative that spreads extremely you know rapidly uh, with the internet um, so the majority of videos and media that I sourced for apophenic realism which takes which takes the form of two audio surveys and um, an essay like a short piece of text um, the the main material behind that are chemtrail searchers like Kim Kim trailers they're out in the field recording uh, documenting and explaining and sharing and asking questions too to like other people in their community and they're they're recording chemtrails in the sky so it, it's really interesting also as someone who has a background in field recording mm. where it's just this plethora of really interesting homemade home-baked videos of people just with their cameras to the sky and you never see anyone you never see their feet it's just you hear them walking through grass walking through gravel uh leaves snow whatever and you just hear their thoughts stream of consciousness or if they're the silent type you, you just hear their breathing um and so i wasn't really going after ones um uh collecting ones for this piece that incorporated like background music. I, I mainly wanted to hear people's thoughts or reactions and see what kind of common threads might arise. If I just string them together following like this user's connected to this user, or they respect this user or, you know, cause they, they tag each other a lot. It's a very participatory community. And that's another thing that I really appreciate about um, the, the conspiracy world and i guess um worlds plural yeah is but, it like uh, a ethnographical work is that how you think of it as well and like are you looking at it as like you're trying to sort of map these connections or is it more for the the media aspect of it a little bit of both but the ethnographic part is a good point and that kind of surfaced like unexpectedly hmm. and by that i mean um when I first started collecting these Kim trailer videos uh, and that's the majority too. There's also 5g tower hunters, um, disclosure yeah. people like, you know, they're exposing whatever types of truth, but it, it largely mostly all relates back to um, Kim trails and contrails. But yeah, it, it did turn into like an ethnographic thing because I, realize that although there are different camps of thought for these people who believe that the the government or some elite powers that be are using airplanes or some sort of optical illusion that makes us think that they're airplanes in the sky and they're using that as a basis of um, pollution chemical dissipation that you know induces mind control or infertility or uh, geoengineering or anything like that there's different schools of thought as to what exactly is going on but there's so many common talking points and terminologies and language that i i wasn't expecting so much to be shared as as i navigated through 
um, even even that one particular community, if that makes sense. So it, there really was kind of this like surprising um, personalized, like ethnographic uh, revelation, uh, if you will, of, of how connected it was. And it makes sense because they were pushed off of everything else. And um, there are chemtrail um, videos and others on YouTube remaining, of course. But the ones that I was going after and was interested in were people who, for some reason or another, were tying in other things that eventually got them banned or flagged enough. They were kind of fed up and they just went where all their friends were going and everything. And so um, these are people who really dedicate their life to these these types of like ex exposure um, endeavors and ex ex expeditions. And some of the channels had like, 10,000 uploads and they would go yeah. out multiple times a day. And so, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of shocking still, um, to, to see how so much shared terminology and thought mm. was, was linking all of these. Yeah. How big Is would it you like say a the... mystical thing? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just like, how big would you say the chemtrails community is? Do you think? Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Because, You'd you'd watch some of these and you'd see the creators or like the communities of uploaders, people who film, and they would have like thousands of videos on their channel. And each some of these channels were kind of acting as like central hubs or nodes where they were they they got really popular maybe a number of years ago, or they had um, if anyone has a really high quality camera their channel is going to get um, a lot of extra views and attention. It's going to percolate around that channel. And so that becomes another central hub. Or if they have a strong personality, that that mm. is probably even more important, uh, honestly, for, for attracting and, and retaining viewers. But I, I can't honestly say because I, I can tell you from what, I, from what I've seen over the years and the six months that I was embedding myself in these communities and talking to them is like, for the chemtrailing and contrailing community alone, um, I mean, there's like thousands of channels on YouTube. It's almost endless. It's It was like stressful to like <laughs> navigate and prioritize which ones to kind of go through. But once you get off that platform, there's just as many, if not more. And then each of their videos, like some channels would maybe get like 10, 12 views per video. And then others will be getting like 130,000 views. And mm they're not using keywords or linking it to something in, in pop culture or that would show up in like a top search thing. YouTube has also changed their algorithm after 2015 with the whole pizza. Yeah. Q so they just backline thing. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It takes forever to find these things too. Yeah. You have to trace through the communities and the people's and the, the comment sections, you know? Um, and, and so hundreds of thousands of views on a lot of these and thousands of channels it's it's quite extensive um and and of course the real question on my mind during all of that is um what did they do to get banned right and mm -hmm. what other conspiracies or interests or beliefs might these people hold and they would quite often let you know the more you stick around and listen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean crazy it is like it's platformed by there's that one dude on Joe Rogan who's like obsessed with chemtrails, right? His like uh his his uh number two Eddie I think his name's like Eddie Bravo or something is like 
I know that name, yes. Oh, he's talking about um, chemtrails. Is and he stuff? like a fighter or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was like an MF, <laughs> MMA fighter. And um, like, you know, I'm not a, a Rogan listener, but I can still uh, parse out that like anytime that dude gets a chance, he's bringing up chemtrails. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty big platform. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, um, I'd have to say maybe around like 2009 or something when I was like getting like a David Icke book from like Barnes and Noble, you know, and like chemtrails at the same yeah. time, like, and Morgellon, Morgellons, Morgellons is something that like, oh, yeah. is that strange? I love that. Con- medical conspiracy that people have tied in to chemtrails as well. Totally, Do you, are yeah. you familiar with that? It's like pla- plastic like growths. Um, it's, it's very like out of a scanner darkly almost <laughs> like, uh, I think people diagnosed it as like a like medical delusion, like like a hallucination. Like I think they tried to like actually explain it psychologically, but people are still you can still find videos. I, I was really into into watching those for a little while. Um, yeah, so it's it is like a legacy online conspiracy. I could I could see what you're saying there. Um, have you when you are like entering these? let's say reality tunnel, right? Like the Robert Anton Wilson thing. Um, when you kind of like get into like, you know, researching one topic like that, like chemtrails, do you, are you starting to like agree a little bit? Are you, are you, is the, is the potion kind of like working on you a little bit? Because I feel like now when I log on to X.com, it's like this, this website that used to be Twitter is now, an engineered psychological warfare weapon tailored for me where I'm like, shit, I need to go buy a couple 24 packs of water, you know? Yeah. That's the question that I feel like I would get asked a lot when I was explaining to people during the months I was doing this and, you know, subjecting myself to these video streams and comment sections and, um, I think the I don't want to say conversations because the conversations I had with people in the communities were overall neutral and pleasant. And I I should add as a caveat, I didn't really get to feature like the interviews and conversations with people like Mark Sargent and other um, uh, flat earth documentary makers and like 5g consciousness awareness whatever that instagram page is it's Mm. super popular and everything i didn't really get to have those the the love is one that's the love is one group i think the 5g consciousness yeah that guy with the beard that's that's his thing yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. um love has one that's that's him um totally i didn't really get to incorporate those into the final like work of apathetic realism as much as I wanted to, just because I I was letting the materials of the research guide the shape of the project more than like my aesthetic direction. And it, it just didn't work out that way. So I do consider this to be a sort of like beginning, like a first prototype or proof of concept, if you will. But yeah, going back to your question, did, did it, you know, begin to, uh, chip away at you know any sort of hesitancy that i might have had um i think that 
I don't want to give you a simple answer here. Uh, I, I don't want to say just, you know, yes or no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but rather that it made me just, uh, I was I was forced in a position where I had to give due respect and just look every little detail up and check your work. It's like yeah, even yeah, when yeah. you are doing simple math and it's like two times five and you're just like you pull out the calculator just to be sure, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just it, it, if that if that uh, metaphorically even fits here, but it did make me kind of go into the nuts and bolts of everything as to, well, what could be feasible? What has been a historical precedent in the past mm -hmm. that might suggest that this be, this is going on or something like that. So I, I did kind of go into a lot of those questions. And so that does tend to muddy the waters a little bit. And so that's why I'm not giving that like yes or no i'm i'm being dodgy with that intentionally right. um, well yeah uh, i mean like what were the mechanics of cloud seeding in in vietnam right like it, it, it thank you for bringing that up yeah. yeah operation popeye is what you're referring to right yeah um where where the u.s actually had a concerted effort and and plan uh it, it was an operation it actually happened where we would use silver iodide and these devices and we would drop them from airplanes and uh, cloud seed basically to um, have these like little uh, silver iodide particles and mist that would then um, connect with the um, low-lying humidity in the cloud clouds and um, basically like retain water in certain areas so that clouds would form more rapidly and therefore it would induce a higher likelihood of heavy rainfall or just rainfall in general. And so after a while of doing that, basically the U S discovered that like, yeah, we can seed clouds, but it's completely uncontrollable because you're like looking, it's like the difference between weather and climate where climate is so much more large scale than like a localized weather pattern or something like that. They, they thought that they could do this and use the weather as a weapon. And um, in fact, the original research paper that started the whole chemtrail conspiracy theory that was, um, I can't remember if it was, if they claimed that it was leaked or declassified in 1996, it was called weather as a force multiplier. Um, let me get, let me get the full name of that. Um, weather as a force multiplier owning the weather in 2025. So basically we have 13 months until this becomes a reality. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but um, yeah, in Vietnam, they would do that. And they, the U.S.'s judgment was, yeah, it can flood the entire North, North uh, uh, Vietnam, but it also floods the South. And it's not only ruining the, you know, uh, um, communist Viet or uh, um, rebel or Vietnamese, trails and trade routes it's ruining our mm -hmm. trails and trade routes and positions as well it's just completely uncontrollable so that was during the vietnam war there's updated versions of this used by countries like saudi arabia where they want to induce rain to you know either 
for agricultural or industrial reasons, um, generate rain in a, in a given area. Um, I know that a lot of farmers and like um, people doing large scale agriculture experiment with this on small scale where you have these almost like cannons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they call them that, but you know, they basically just launch silver iodide and there's, there's other techniques besides silver iodide, but that's the one that I'm most familiar with, but it exists is the point. And so there was a precedent historically for people to say, Hey, we should ring the alarm bell about this. The problem got, or it, it turned into like a complicated situation and in some, some areas a problem when people took that precedent and took that possibility and ran with it and said, this is a fact. And, and then the claims got stretched and exaggerated from there. And so now every plane that you see that has a contrail um, is, is with the government or some sort of, you know, yeah organization that's killing us mm -hmm. that kind of brings i wanted to ask before if you ran into much like mysticism in this because i feel like there's always that always happens like at some point in a conspiracies theories development it, it hits the sort of religious impulse somewhere um like something like 9-11 for example like it doesn't take too deep into the waters to see where it's like this was a ritual uh like a mass ritual like mm -hmm. that kind of theory how like where how does that crop up in the chemtrails thing did you or did you see that i i did yeah i i i would be you know hard pressed to be put on the spot and think of a popular internet age conspiracy theory that doesn't bleed into that you know yeah. uh but yeah i'd see that a lot i i i saw some really interesting crossovers uh i know like we just referenced love has one i believe is, yeah. the, is their name they had a really interesting belief that's almost like uh like <laughs> the 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 bastard child of like what jacques ballet would would maybe want to bring upon the world where you'd have people who believe in extraterrestrials of some sort and you know lo and behold we look up in the sky there's an odd shaped cloud that's their ship but it's a spiritual or holographic representation coming from a different dimension, spiritually bestowing upon us mm -hmm. messages of X, Y, or Z. Right. And so you would see a lot of that. A lot of people would um, use more coded or personalized terminologies for it. Like there's the tale of the dragon. There's, you know, this sort of like sea creature language that they would use and, and huh. put on it but it was all kind of like circling the drain of it's it's some sort of extraterrestrial ship but yeah like what you were asking some of these people had a concept of ship that was different than like a materialist technological ship it was like yeah. this interdimensional type of portal or hologram or some sort of illusion and that you know they're doing this to help clear the sky of kim trails and absorb the trails into the cloud matrix and you know help us achieve blue sky and sunlight and everything it, it the 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 mystical spiritual and more like that end of the esoteric part of the chemtrail community i think um varies a lot more even in their explanations and beliefs than the 
more like materialist people who would who would just simply say like it's the government or some secret organization or yeah. cabal or something like that you know hmm. i like the the people who are like so is it almost like a sort like a divination or something where they're kind of like looking at the shapes of these things and like uh reading fate in it or something yeah you'd see a lot of that too and uh the thing that i saw the most actually now that you you bring that up is um people claiming that they were either a conjuring the clouds or b bursting the chemtrails mm. and so yeah. you're going into like the orgone yeah, crystal right. Right. orgone cannon cloud bursting cannon those types of people they would use um vinegar and orgone crystals and rudimentary like emf radio technology where they would literally just like wind copper around like some simple circuit board that had a current and put it in like a clay plant potter and aim it at the sky and and they would sit out there and or leave it out there or they would do a ritual like um very intense chanting sometimes uh all all different kinds of techniques but yeah they would they would see messages they would believe that they're bringing it in and they would claim that they're clearing the chemtrails out It, it really depends on the person and and what the what they personally believe but yeah yeah huh. mm. a lot of expressions of like agency come into play here yeah yeah i noticed that in the in the sound pieces and the sound pieces are great too it was interesting to hear you talk about um the comp because they do feel they sound composed you know like there's kind of still a sound poetic flow to them um but yeah i did notice that that people were in within those the pieces uh the recordings People were talking about using black vinegar, right, and to ward off the chemtrails. And um, I guess somebody else was talking about seeing portals and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's really fascinating. I mean, I hate to do the probably the lowest hanging fruit analogy I could think of is that it almost sounds like it's out of a William Gibson book. That it's like this spiritual uh, organ fighting from the ground of like airplanes releasing uh chemtrails you know like it's it's that weird kind of reminder of how strange the the present is that you don't need to create some fiction of the future that we we truly live in a strange time i guess but yeah yeah do you get into like uh wilhelm reich much like do they are they like sort of interested in, in him or is it more just like the orgone as its own kind of substance that's kind of divorced from uh, its creator probably for the general majority of people who are participating in this sort of cloud bursting type of chemtrail um engagement they want it to be passive so they can go about their lives unbothered by it Mm -hmm. so i would assume the latter where it's a little bit divorced from a more like uh i don't want to say informed i don't mean that in in like a disparaging way sure i just like it's it's not so like historicized or they just they want 
the solution and they want to implement it and they want to go about their lives unbothered by whatever complications the chemtrails, you know, bring upon them, like brain fog, mind control, um, gloom, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Was there a lot of like, in the people that you kind of surveyed, you know, effective treatment, like did the, did the clearing of the, of the chemtrails or knowing about it or like somehow acting on this knowledge, did that heal anybody? Like, did you see that? Well, I didn't really come across anyone who claimed to have like a chronic illness that was caused by chemtrails, but there, there are a lot, the vast majority of the videos are them kind of shaking their fist at the heavens, basically, hmm. where they, they're powerless. They can't control anything that's going on. And then you have a small portion of the people and a small portion of the videos where people see a, like the sun peek out from behind the clouds or they film a little bit and it cuts and they're like, you know, now it's six hours later, the sky is a little bit more clear. What I have been doing, my rituals have been working as everyone can see. And so everyone would kind of rally together in the comment section of those videos and they, they would get more uh, engagement, if you will. And then the, because that, that actually provides fertile ground for like, what did you do? What worked for you? And um, how can I do that too? You know, like whether it's um, playing certain frequencies, that was a really interesting, like solfege tones, like just really simple solfege tones. And you can find some pretty, uh, I actually have, um, (laughs) uh, I have a a really long extensive playlist on YouTube, Hmm. um, a private playlist of like chemtrail bursting frequencies and so that sounds nice uh, it's a sound bath some some of them are nice and some of them are like like um really really harsh like real intentionally so like they're like this is this is scientifically right what or you know through divination this is what i have discovered to be the frequency that bursts Mm -hmm. them or the combination of frequencies um and so actually in the piece uh um the apophenic realism um uh frequency cloud uh, i'm forgetting the name of my own frequency cloud (laughs) operations the first piece of the two the tones that you hear are generated from those um cloud bursting tones i thought so yeah Mm -hmm. um i didn't use any just simply ripped from like their um rock fin or band videos um i just used like really simple sign generators and other similar things to get like really pure sine waves at those exact frequencies that they said worked for them and then i kind of used those uh uh semi-compositionally to complement the specific people who use them themselves if that makes sense yeah that's cool was there maybe changing a little bit uh, on the conversation? It just in the general sort of investigation of conspiracy subcultures, um, did you come across anything that 
particularly disturbed you. <laughs> this has happened to me a few times where I just had to like sort of stop and turn around and just not go in that direction again. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, I had I I had to have a hard reset and a hard like um, break once the project was was done and submitted and published on on Do Not Research and. I was I was telling people like you know I'd go out to hang with friends or go to a show or an event and you know catch up with people and I, I would be telling them like I'm kind of in a really negative place right mm -hmm. now I think that I've been surrounded by some some really interesting people some some beautiful minds but also like incredibly negative uh, like self recursive thought patterns hate speech incredible prejudice xenophobia racism anti-semitism um like let's own this group or this group that kind of uh, uh online personality and if, if you can take like the most vitriolic stuff that you can maybe imagine seeing on youtube or instagram or even x and multiply that tenfold in a completely like un un I don't want to, well, yeah, sure. Unregulated and unhinged um, media platform ecosystem. That's kind of what you're exposing yourself to a lot. And so what it does is it creates this climate of um, like fear, doubt, and guilt too, that like you're letting, you know, you're in the few, the, the um, it, it is like an esoteric circle to be in. You're in that circle you're in the know and therefore you have a responsibility to continue going deeper otherwise you know this is going to steamroll the entire world and the you know whether you believe the forces of evil will take over or the elites will continue doing x y or z to the general population or what have you um you bear the mantle of responsibility now that you know yeah. and and that's kind of this like general unspoken um sentiment that gets shared and so a lot of people spiral into like fear and paranoia and i say that carefully i don't i don't associate like conspiratorial thinking with paranoid thinking mm. um i think that's like a subset style of conspiratorial thinking and this yeah. kind of relates back to like a more meta level meta level conversation about conspiracies um i think that and we can we can go into this maybe later if you guys would like, but one of the things that I strongly feel about conspiracy theories, regardless of what I'm saying right now, of how negative and just um, out of touch and inappropriate they can, they can manifest as sometimes is um, their overgeneralization as being just like overly paranoid or like overly this or this or that that's led to their stig stigmatization. And it kind of facilitates like them being cut out of popular discourse and popular media platforms. And then they go into these like self-reinforcing communities where it just spirals and gets worse. And, oh, I wasn't allowed to say this. So therefore my beliefs are confirmed. And, and study after study shows that people will double down mm. when they believe that the powers that be are censoring them for speaking the truth, you know? And, and so it's not necessarily helping the cause um, for like 
pulling pulling these people out of certain thought patterns or maybe exposing them to information that they otherwise wouldn't be exposed to they're really self-reinforcing and so that can that can be really stressful to kind of jump into as someone um like dave you, you're like it's so funny that you said that you um had gotten the uh, david ike book from barnes and noble because that mm -hmm. was literally the biggest secret getting that it, at this barnes and noble my i was in like I was in fifth, fifth or sixth grade. And I was like, I was like, this, this seems really cool. And I got my mom to buy it for me when I was like this tiny, way too young to be corrupted by this stuff. Right. Right. And, and, you know, we, we like went on this beach trip and I brought it with me and I just had my nose in that thing the entire time. And it, it, it really changed me. Yeah, and mom, so, did, you, um, did you know fluoride's in the water? <laughs> oh, that was the, that would be the least of her worries. Yeah, right, right. You know, like, yeah, like the, the, the stuff, the claims that are made in there with like the blood lineages and oh yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is like from a very early age, I was exposed to that stuff and I was, uh, through mostly like fear and intrigue and a little bit of like that excited thrill of being in the know when other people aren't, I, I was really deep into a lot of conspiracy theories and it took me a while to kind of like click out of some of those trains of thought that are almost like an automatic filtering mechanism that gets built up mm. of, of this like way of like sensing sense making and like experiencing like patternicity and everything like that and so sure. when people are stuck in that or um encouraging that so heavily in their communities and you kind of jump into that um it, it can be like a like saltwater shock really really um stressful and negative and i feel like that kind of ties into also how it really pipelines a lot of people it, it politically radicalizes them mm. and for sure it, and it's it it's weaponized i mean that's yeah psychological warfare john birch society like uh, invented a lot of this th these you know um like fluoride in the water and stuff i think that comes right out of there and isn't there fluoride in the water though? There is, but I mean the yeah. the the, uh, the harmful effect. Uh, yeah, yeah. Know, well, you would say that you're exactly. a tap water drinker. It's funny. I mean, it's funny. Like I think uh, some of our criticism at times is like, you know, we did an episode about the biography of William Cooper and talked about William Cooper mm -hmm. and and somebody was like, "How are you guys hating on you know the the Godfather?" And it's like we're not. We we love it. Like, and. And there, I mean, the thing about that's so potent about conspiracies is that there has to be some truth in, in it to be effective. Like, I mean, uh, it's weird with chemtrails that like it'll probably end up being some sort of hyperstitional thing where when we 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 have to attack global warming that we'll, we will be geoengineering and then they'll be like, I, you see, I told you. But like, um. <laughs> It, they, I mean, it's 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 also a f uh, this fertile ground if you're artistic to explore, you know, kind of these fields of oh yeah connective thinking. Um, and that's I, like my whole thing, or you know, uh, it's, it's 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 a very that 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 um explosive sense of pattern recognition, the the apophenic yeah. um is a very potent source of inspiration and and even like you know brainstorming or something but that i think that's why 
you know, as I mentioned before, somebody like Robert Anton Wilson is so foundational to so many people because, um, you know, the Discordians played so many games and, and, tr and, and had that trickster element towards um, conspiracy culture, but he also kind of gave this roadmap that you can, you know, you can enter the Chapel Perilous, but you have to remember where the exit is to get out because I, I think belief is um, is kind of what affirms people into the, in you know, falling down the rabbit hole, so to speak. Yeah. I really appreciate specifically how you said that artists are specifically well-equipped and valuable in, in this sort of engagement with conspiracy subcultures and conspiratorial thinking, because that, that's a huge like underlying reason for me melding my, I guess, like personal experiential history and interest with conspiracy theories and my understanding of how um, significant and important and widespread and influential they are nowadays um, to my background as an artist and researcher too. And, and by that, I guess, um, I, I feel like involving cultural and media like studies and people who work in culture and media in conversation with conspiracies is is so important for like a number of different reasons um one of the main ones being that it can work in like um discussion through metaphors and um tropes and like uh different sorts of imageries which is really important for con conspiracy theories and like narrative structures narrative building yeah um, without like stereotyping conspiracies and conspiracists as as much as maybe like an academic endeavor might and I strongly disagreed with almost um, every academic that I read um, and have read in their characterizations of what conspiracy theories actually are um, for like, sure in my life and especially while doing this particular short project um, I can go into that later, but like thinking laterally is so important mm. when engaging with this type of stuff, because that's, that's, that's the essence of um, drawing certain parallels within conspiratorial thinking. Um, like it helps you do it more accurately and uh, like equitably distinguishing like the different styles uh, within conspiratorial communities and theories, because there's a, there's a variety. There's a huge variety and, and there's there's lots of stark differences even like within one particular theory like the chemtrails like what we were talking about um and i think that also there's like a severe like dearth like under studied uh um representation of like the internet-based conspiracy theories and more broadly like the internet's effect on conspiracy theories because of course they've existed um since before antiquity as far as as far as we know they can go back to like athens 
uh, and, and everything. But like the poetics of lateral and nonlinear thinking are incredibly powerful in this. And um, I think that like artists and creatives are, are in a strong position to leverage that to help uh, the public have a better understanding and a better navigation of um, conspiracy theories when when confronted mm -hmm. with them. So like looking at them anthropologically uh, as kind of like an inevitability almost mm. throughout throughout history, um, context depending, of course, like there are some historical conditions that will lead to more uh, likelihood of there being developing conspiracy theories and everything like that, of course. Um, but like doing that, looking at it historically, like as an anthropological inevitability without like projecting any sort of like top down diagnosis, such as like, you know, all religious events were just extraterrestrial contacts. You're like, we, it's easy for you to sit in the, the present time and, and project back and say, well, I have a hunch that this could be true. And then you look at a few instances where some parallels line up and there's some really strong synchronicities and that may be valid and that may be true, but it's like, I think a little bit extra to say all must be X, Y, or Z. And that's just one example uh, off the top of my head, like not to single that out, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's the way that I look at it is like involving those sort of like that sort of like artistic and creative um like explication of, of conspiratorial thought and like distinguishing the styles and doing it like respectfully and kind of in unison with it. It's all like for the betterment of having like a multi-dimensional discourse around it um, and, and situating our own investigations into like how conspiracies have consciously or subconsciously um, how, sorry, how conspiracists have consciously or subconsciously situated themselves in their own times and and what made them think that there's some conspiracy going on um so yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to reduce everything to like historicizing that's not that's not the goal right in right. how i frame conspiracy. i think that's really that's yeah it's really important stuff to point out i think um very well said like very well formulated <laughs> because there is something like very effective about applying the the sort of conspiracist approach, even though it's a diverse approach, but you could still call it an approach um, to like for me, for its poetry, uh, for you, like the sound art, even just like a, a subject matter. Um, there's like something inside of it that is so uh, potent. And I think that, what you just described describes that pretty well i think yeah yeah i would i mean not to liquefy it too much but i, I mean there's also the thing that like art a lot of the time feels like a conspiracy like the evocation of art is kind of a conspiracy and then you know even more cliche but it's true is that your senses are conspiring against you all of the time like you know you're 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 perceiving the world in a way that it's not actually occurring but your senses are telling yeah. you a story so all of that kind of goes into the construction of artworks whether it be a painting or a film or a poem 
or a piece of music is kind of suspending the senses or, or creating an environment for the senses in a way that is a conspiracy. <laughs> um, so I think this is kind of why th that medium can be so conducive for artists. Um, and, and even, I mean, the, the kind of like the paranoid state, I'm, I'm not associating paranoia with, with conspiracy necessarily, but I also think that like that kind of state is, is something that's recurrent in, in a lot of art as well, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, what, I, I mean, I'm curious now, what, what do you think about the whole like shift in the ufological narrative? Have you been dialed in on this at all? Like the, the non-human intelligence story that is unfolding <laughs> before us? My, my biggest concern is um, how much money the German Hakave HKW has taken from uh, Black Pentagon money to cultivate a global community of impressionable artists who were at the ready, um, already susceptible to adopting this language of non-human entities and extra human relationalities <laughs> <laughs> because the language dovetailing between those two communities mm. is so fascinating <laughs> and quite funny to me that my my interpretation my cons my sensorial conspiracy of my body can't escape thinking that whenever i'm watching any of these like congressional hearings or reading articles about you know david grush or <laughs> you know hot takes by elizondo or greer or anything like that is is the, the the funniest part has been the language yeah yeah for sure uh it's but, been such a shift too right uh it's interesting to, to like live through a, a moment where the language in like a culture that you've pe been paying attention to, like it's forced to like make these changes and like the awkward sort of leaps that happen, like seeing like one by one, people start to say UAP instead of UFO. Yep. And like, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going backwards instead. And like calling them discs, <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, yeah. It's, a really interesting thing to see happen and it kind, of, it kind of happened with conspiracy stuff in general like i guess it was around 2015 or 16 around the time of that election when it kind of like broke through the surface and in this like sort of disgusting like fish-like form broke out from like the underworld and like suddenly we had this like pop culture conspiracy theory thing that like became like almost regulated, like with all the bannings and stuff that you're, you were talking about, but also like it started mutating and becoming more dangerous. Whereas before it was, I don't like, I kind of like came up on this stuff. Like, do you know the website Godlike Productions or like above top secret? They're just like above the top secret. Yeah. They're just like the late two thousands, like, boards like forums where like anyone could post anonymously and it's just stuff like 
whatever. A lot of it when I was looking was like about Obama because he had just been elected or like uh, <laughs> um, natural disasters were very big back then, like because of 2012 coming soon, stuff like that. Uh, but like, it's been so fascinating, fascinating to watch this, this shift from whatever that was, which was more fringier and fringier, but like also less centralized somehow, even though it's not mm. centralized now. It's like maybe it's more no nodal now or something, whereas before it was more like soupy or something. Like they just like I think the yeah. the value, like the the literal market value of conspiracies is has been exposed in a way. Um huh. so that the, the UAP thing is kind of shaking off the the scrub of um UFO the you know, the past UFO narrative, obviously, but I mean, we we can expand on that too, and I'm sure you're interested too. But also, the the non-human intelligence language for me seems far more important because yeah. what you're projecting onto that is far stranger, and I it's 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 still questionable for me in terms of what I'm. It's a weird one. Yeah, it's it's odd. I I would like to hear, not not in the sense where I I can't see it or that I disagree in any way. I'd like to hear maybe why you personally think that the language um, is, is more, I guess, um, not prescient, but I guess more important um, out, out of curiosity, because I, I have a bias here and that's, that's kind of like, maybe, maybe my cards have shown, but my, my cat is <laughs> screaming to get <laughs> in. I don't know if it's coming through, but um <laughs> I might let her in if she continues, but um, my, yeah, my, my bias has just been um, this like fascination of exactly what you just articulated like a minute ago where, you're, where you said that there are financial interests that have developed um, not out of just the phenomena of potential UFO existence, um, we've all known that those have been tied to capital, to corporate interest, to the powers that be, um, you know, security, the, the dreaded word that shuts out conversations in, in, you know, government hearings and everything like that. Everything's framed under national security, this and this. But um, not in the phenomena as a whole, but in the alleged or self-proclaimed like pro-disclosure where they have taken advantage of um, eager communities of people mm. who seek the public revelation of any hidden or suppressed knowledge or technology or what, what have you. And those people those public figures being disingenuous, I think they're the biggest setback and the biggest red herring um, for any sort of like genuine disclosure efforts. And they, they distract the conversations. I think that they get, um, they establish a, a sort of like low precedent for like what mm. we should settle for 
as yeah. far as like information or disclosures or revelations or what have you, um, or even language shifting, like going back to the language. I mean, I guess they're, they're tied together. So maybe at the end of the day, it, it's, it's the, the liberation of one, you know, necessitates that of the other, but they, they, these people, these public figures who have a sort of like selfish interest in saying like, I possess this knowledge, you know, buy my book, come to my seminars, right, right, watch right. this documentary I've made, um, you know, embed yourself within the narrative that I am giving to you and talk about this phenomena in the words that I am giving to you. And I want to position myself at the forefront of this, these, these movements, you know, those people i i think are, are the biggest distraction and one of the biggest hurdles to be overcome in all of this but they're a perfect expression of how everything is really um how everything in like the ufo uap and disclosure communities has kind of evolved in the first place and that's within the realm of capital interests hmm. like you can't escape it and one of the things that might um I can I can name names. I think one of the worst offenders is Stephen Greer, personally. Uh, and I, this this sounds like such a polemic, I know. And you know, forgive me or edit it out. I'm sorry for any listeners who are big fans. Um, that's cool if you are. I I really appreciate a lot that he's done. Um, it's it's not to say that I don't. Um, I I just have a more specific focus on maybe overcoming some specific problems that I've I. I'm recognizing here um and they couch these sort of claims of wanting to like democratize truth and um be planetary custodians and yeah. have these like universal benefits like free energy and hmm. all these sort of like universal basic xyz that are yeah so amazing that they are literally like exoplanetary like you can't even imagine it you know but but they're gonna help like they know secrets they're withholding stuff come to them oh you found out stuff great send your people to them and they will take care of it and they frame it as we will take the brunt of it like you know they won't assassinate me i have too much leverage and this and this but in reality they want to hold more cards to um have better content and leverage for more financial gain in in this um but anyways about their their language of like democratizing truth and being planetary custodians it's like they have all this rhetoric and it like resonates with like the disempowered people right mm -hmm. which which is which is your con conspiracy audience by and large um and at the same time they reject any sort of like vision of what social or political structures would like necessitate actually implementing these like technologies or truths or um you know like universal benefits that we would gain from having like alien information or technology or what have you um, i right. use the word alien there i'm sorry if i'm outdated <laughs> yeah i mean like the 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 concept of of tesla free energy like the atmospheric energy would is is completely incongruent to the type of technology we now use correct like if we used that kind of energy projection uh wouldn't it just like 
um, to like scramble our computers and shit. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm using, I'm not going tech mode here, but I, from my understanding, like that. Yeah, that, probably it could function as an EMP. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. There might be a connection lag. I might've just interrupted you. Yeah, no, you're, you were just lagging a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I've heard in short, like somebody would like, I read somebody just shot that down immediately. It was like the whole, the circulation of the, the story of the, um, what is it? The, the Warburton tower, um, that Tesla was constructing, uh, funded by JP Morgan, uh, that was supposed to send, wireless energy to a naval ship and then he he found out what he was doing and he destroyed the tower and that kind of serves as this myth of of the potential Mm -hmm. of of free energy um but from from what i understand that that type of technology would is incongruent with our telecommunication systems oh we just lost him real quick i'll pause for a sec Had to it, yeah, <laughs> dude. They shut us down. See that we must be they shut on, us down. We we were talking way too much about chemtrails and more gallons because they shut us down. Um, I thought I had more yeah, gallons. It was, uh, <laughs> oh, Ben, <laughs> that's, <good. laughs> that's the most like that's the uh, the pinnacle of like <laughs> hypochondria. Not to offend anybody, if they've had <laughs> more gallons, I, that that correction that tower was called the Warden Cliff Tower. I just looked. I had to look it up in the break there. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, is somebody like Greer to me um, fits the mold of how we've understood ufology for, you know, the past hundred years or whatever. I mean, not that long, <laughs> but you know, about yeah, almost. Um, and when I when I talk about the language and the shift in the language, what's most interesting for me is, um the whole like tech uh, adaptation of the ufological question and specifically the books of Diana Pasolka, who I'm not sure if you've read or encountered her books. Um, but th- that seems to be a new element of finance that has entered um, this realm and whether they are tampering with an arena um, to, you know, do certain things while saying they're doing other things, or if it is, um, I don't know. I mean, and if it is some genuine exploration of ontological concepts of, of, uh, non-human intelligence, I also think on its surface that there has to be elements of, of writing into regulation about artificial intelligence. Right. I mean, like if there is a bill that just got passed through Congress, that is specifically talking about non-human intelligence. Um, I, I, but it, then again, why wouldn't it just be written about artificial intelligence? Does it does it allow like a some sort of vague legality that it can approach different things with this language? Is what has me curious. Um, but apparently, that bill happened. You're saying what? What what that bill is something that passed recently? Yeah, this is the Chuck Schumer bill. Um, oh, that, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, is says countlessly non-human intelligence. Also, yeah, yeah. it also talks about crash retrieval programs, not as if they are uh, a historical question, but a historical fact. Hmm. 
and this is a you know a bill that passed through Congress. So, yeah, this this current paradigm of ufology. If you are to, I, I feel like there's different schools of thought, and I'm, I'm not specifically, I don't think Ben is either. We're not really specifically in any particular school of thought concerning the ufological question. I, I don't have any answers myself, um, but I'm yeah. certainly interested in it. Interested in it. Um, but the state of it now and the legitimate legitimization of it uh, calls into question um what exactly they what exactly this means <laughs> you know like what non-human intelligence like that's not saying extraterrestrial that's not saying something from another planet it, it would what is that you know like that to me is is interesting that that's an interesting choice of language that i'm not sure what exactly is being projected onto that hmm. and you look like you're gonna I was, uh, I've been thinking for the last 20 minutes or so, David Icke is for the children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he is, actually. I mean, he kind of... actually. His, his daughter just died? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like last, last week. Um, Rest in peace. Yeah. Not his children. I mean, he's for the kids, you know? He's Is he even a grifter? Because, like, he actually took so much smoke that, like, it doesn't seem yeah. worth it. I know that he, he gets paid. He's, like, banned from, like, the European Union. Yeah. We have to, is, uh, our, uh, yeah, allegedly. I don't know. But I think that he's talked about it. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, he, he did get so much. He got killed in, in, in British media that it's, like, but I guess he he's, makes a ton of money from his books and stuff. I mean. Yeah, I think like seminars. a 4% of people believe in like the Ike variant of some sort of reptilian agenda in the United States alone. Right, right. Yeah. Which is millions of people. And he rakes Could that it in. Be true. I, I, I mean, that's a study I saw as far as, you know, I wasn't asked. Right. I, so I, you know, I didn't take part. I, but so what's I'm it like, mean to believe that, you know, like, is that like a that's, belief that that's drives prim- people's decisions? It's nearly primordial, though. The the, the reptilian thing yeah. is like goes back to our earliest religions and stuff. I mean, there's the Ophidian thing. Um, Demons. Yeah. Well, that's an, that's an well, interesting thing, too. Yeah. With non-human intelligence, there's AI, but there's also the congressional religious constituency who are literally like these are demons we believe this we need legislation and and we need this to be exposed like uh, yeah yeah they're they're either demons or if they can't get away with that they'll have to say something like you know this is chinese technology or something (laughs) there's always something uh but i think that the question that you articulated a second ago is really important about a potential like what what could be the if any a potential psyop or diversion of incorporating said language of non-human x y or z uh, specifically non-human intelligence or what have you in this context but uh yeah it could be if you know some might say if if they're you know true heads and they want to they want to push deeper and deeper they could say that um oh you know the 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 Pentagon, the Air Force, and the um, Skunk Works, Lockheed Martin, and uh, military contractors that are all in cahoots in some capacity. They're capitalizing off of the 
um, recent surge in popularity of artificial intelligence and the, the recent, you know, leaps and bounds that 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 technology has had and its popularity in the media, and that if they can squeeze by saying something and nothing at the same time while potentially having that language vaguely tie into that concurrent development of AI, then it's it could be a distraction that successfully um, dissuades people from going too deep into researching the government or military contractors' connections into mm. you know uh, UFO phenomena in any in any capacity. So I I can totally see that argument being made in these circles where uh, the whole premise of uh, much of the ufology disclosure community and disclosure advocates has been basically we're not being told the whole truth and there have been red herrings and there have been false distractions put out that kind of take advantage of you know the times whether it's the political climate or other technologies being developed at the time so i could totally see that being a possibility whether or not i i believe in that um not not necessarily no but that doesn't mean that i you know am like atheistic or antagonistic to the idea that that's happening i think i think that it's a really good point that you bring up how the vagueness surrounding that language and the coincidence of it arising at the same time as it does in the ai um developments is Hmm. is an important thing to note um do i do i think that there's necessarily a connection between the two do i think that like you know AI is extraterrestrial or God or mystical in that sense. No, not necessarily. I, I think that this language, it's it, it, my personal opinion or inclination of like the most, what, what would be like a more, um, more likely, I guess, possibility would be this, this language is just simply being weaponized as um, some sort of like distraction uh it's just not, jargon not like what what yeah. is biologics did you with the Grush stuff you know they had biologics like what what are you yeah, talking like, about man it could be like, as rudimentary as like rna yeah exactly right. so you, you don't know and so i think that they're um they have a really interesting ploy and they're casting some unique spells that like hitherto only artists have been capable of casting where they play with language and poetics in such interesting ways that uh, amazes and confuses <laughs> people into being impressed. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> They're sorcerers. Yeah. yeah. It's true. What about like with the AI thing? Um, for like a while, even before this current like AI moment, there was like this sort of small but vocal contingent in ufo studies of people who sort of thought of the the gray aliens as like artificial humanoids or like they're often conflated with like like the grays in particular are as like these sort of artificial or soulless beings like seeking the human soul like that you know that sort of thread um and then that sort of like isn't as popular now that like ai has kind of like come to the popular consciousness as like i feel like it's still i i, I think that is still it? recurrent yeah 
Yeah, maybe you're right, but that they're I, sort I mean, of like sentinels. It. It, that's kind of like yeah. a way around like the the point people make where like how could something travel across you know galaxies and and get here right. in a lifetime and it's like well they sent these biological robots you know yeah i don't know i guess i didn't really have a question about that but i was that's what i was thinking <laughs> like, about it's freaking these... cool though man it's, <laughs> it's like don't you think that's cool. don't scary. you think that's freaking cool and scary <laughs> i do want to ask um... that's where we devolve into the joe rogan podcast where yeah, yeah. from here on out the rest of this chat the, we, we can only bring up things no questions just cool shit i love doing cool shit isn't that fucking weird um, man is, don't you think it's weird that no do you have like a this is a joe rogan level allegedly question um <laughs> yeah yeah uh do you have like a favorite <laughs> ufologist mm. i love the, the misuse of allegedly on this show is just <laughs> like our that's one of our classics we're just we're so afraid of somebody like coming after us we're just like i i can also imagine uh uh I, ben, I think it was you who who had this predicament uh, a little bit ago. Probably. Where someone said something. They're like, "Yeah, people who believe this." Well, sorry if anyone actually believes. Like to like, for anyone who's listening who does, it's like running into those predicaments while talking about um, oh yeah, quite unconventional yeah beliefs and conspiracies and you know ideologies <laughs> and metaphysics and everything like running into that problem I, I i can imagine happens a lot with with uh you guys yeah well I, you can i think that you like on the show you know when we're talking about this stuff uh you know you're talking about it in a certain way and we're, we're kind of like dissecting conspiracies and and you know the mechanics of what makes a conspiracy and uh, it's a little bit of a, a critique of a conspiracy, but like, I, I I honestly don't want to dilute this the mental space that people are in when they are believing a conspiracy because I can I experience paranoia, you know, like I can I've experienced extreme fear and paranoia from conspiracies that I'm believing at a time. Um, so I think when we it. when you break down conspiracies, I think that people get sensitive about it and they think that we're being like uh debunkers but right, we're, yeah. we're, we're certainly not debunkers um i think we're just we're interested in, in the makeup of of this stuff you know like because it is something that like it's yeah. it's like an, an event horizon you know like we're just drawn into it and you have to start to question why that is what what what's the cause of that you know I've never interpreted um, anything or any stance that you guys have had on your show or any interactions you've had with any guests or conversations as being, you know, debunkers or anything like that. Um, I, I, I'm of the similar stance where I think that skepticism should be applied in both directions, 360 degrees, everything just, mm. you know, yeah. what's, what's the point if you're not applying it equally to everything. Um, I know it's easier said than done and it's quite a cliche to say it out loud, but yeah, that's, that's really how I feel. And I, I worried coming onto the show that, you know, I might be perceived as someone who is like the debunker type because I, you know, will immerse myself really deeply into certain beliefs and communities and conversations without necessarily, um, 
taking a stand in that. And that's the situation where um, that came up actually in some interactions with people during the research phase of apophenic realism, where I'd be talking to people and I, I would never mention my stand ever. And this is, I, I think, a really interesting thing to, to point out that I want people to know is that I never mentioned what I personally believe when it comes to certain things. I don't think it's very relevant. I wouldn't hide it if they asked. No one asked. Everyone, every single person, no matter if they're like a small Instagram page, a small YouTube account, a small poster on some band website or whatever, or they're a huge, they have a huge following and they've made, you know, um, documentaries that have gotten grant support from people or whatever. No one asked. Every single person assumed that I was with the cause. Whatever that cause is varied on the person, which is really, really interesting for me. But they were yeah. always just like, thank you for doing the good work hmm. and for putting the word out there and for standing up for this and putting the truth out. That was that was like unequivocally the 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 stance and huh. and the sentiment that they expressed to me. And I never said anything. I was just like, hey. I, I put it all on my, I'm like, I'm an artist. Here's my website. You can look at this. You can listen to this. Um, you know, here's me on social media. This is me. Uh, I'm interested in band content and how like it's affected, you know, people who have been banned and the communities and everything like that and how it's happening in a more rapid pace and what it's kind of looking at to have this like um, balkanization of the internet basically uh, as, yeah. as a side effect of this and mm. that, that's all i said i was like can i ask have you have you had anything banned or i've seen that this was taken down or you host on this website or this or this or this or you only do torrents um what what was that like what was banned can you share it with me like i'm i'm an artist i, I want to make a weird project with some of the audio that you know was maybe involved in this and they they were all just like you're on my side, you get it. Like you're on the forces of good um, and you're here to expose the truth. And so that, that was a really interesting thing that I experienced doing that as well. But you uh, can find this episode in its entirety and more exclusive content at patreon.com slash consensus on reality from your audio into this episode. Um, yeah, of course as well. Course. Um, but we will also of course direct uh, listeners of this episode to um, the piece itself or the pieces um, trying to find the link here do you have the link handy yeah uh, you can get everything on my website I'll give you the link here but I'll say it out loud it's just Carmelo Pampolonio dot info um, c-a-r-m-e-l-o P-A-M-P-I-L-L-O-N-I-O dot info. And you can go find the Abaphenic Realism um, information there. You can find the link where you can read the full essay on the Do Not Research substack. It's, it's all there for free. You can listen to it on my website or you can listen to it on the Do Not Research substack. Um, it was it was published in the Do Not Research 2022-2023 book, and um, yeah, it's it's pretty short, straightforward, not not intimidating, um, 
and hopefully it will be the first of a series of kind of media surveys and studies uh, relating to conspiracy theory, media topologies. Mm, awesome. Yeah. And I see you have Very this cool. on um, yeah. Bandcamp as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, it links to the Bandcamp. It links to do not research. So you can, you know, stream it from wherever you want. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I highly recommend listening to these pieces. Um, they're really cool. And they, they kind of, the first piece fits into that world of sound poetry um, kind of stuff, but it, it has that, that extra context, which we've poured over for the last three hours as well. Um, so highly recommend checking that out. And, you know, maybe these people will come across some of your past projects as well that we've, we've mentioned slightly, but um, some really interesting stuff I've been seeing you do over the years. So it's really cool to, to talk and uh, you know, we'll have to have you on again. Cause I'm, I'm sure that uh, enough, enough is going to happen in the world that there will be more to more to break down in, in the conspiracy milieu. I would love that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more details that can be kind of gone into with pretty much everything that we talked about tonight, but yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, great, great banter, great research, great deep dives and questions. And, uh, I, I appreciate both of you taking three hours at this point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's great to chat with you both. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Of course. All right, man. Well, have a good night. Um, and thanks for listening as always. Uh, we'll catch you next time and happy holidays. If we're definitely not going to be back before that. So nah. have a happy holidays. <laughs> happy holidays. Ciao. Y'all just not playing. Interfering. Coming down. I need to shoot these guys down. Something big is coming, guys. We know the dragon's gonna smack its tail one of these times. But there are all sorts of things out there yesterday and today. That's like a laser connecting to the sun trying to and then it did and then that loop came up it's definitely something going on and just letting you know I don't get excited easily you know that that thing's huge okay all kinds of stuff today Yeah, check it out. Give it two minutes. See that shit?